I've missed you. I've missed you, Zoom lady. <laughs> Welcome to the Gig Stories podcast with me, Alex, and him, Chris. And I'm laughing because we're just about to start. And he's put, oh, I missed you. And I was about to say, oh, I missed you too. And then he finished his sentence, Zoom woman. Zoom, voice. Zoom, oh, Zoom lady. Zoom, Zoom lady. lady. Yeah. Zoom lady. I, he was on about the blooming woman's voice on Zoom when you start recording. And I honestly thought you. <laughs> recording in progress. I honestly thought you were saying you miss me. And I was about to go, oh, I miss you too. Well, oh. yeah, it goes without saying. But... Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back. For now, at least. For now, at least. It's been, it's been a long time. And, um, yeah, li- life has been busy. But also, doing a podcast every fortnight has been a lot of work. And, and thankfully, Chris and I have, um, uh, have had work to do. And we will be coming back more regularly. Um, we're having just a little break now. I'm heading off to Cornwall with the family this week. And as soon as we're back, uh, we have got some interviews lined up so regular listeners we're back chris are you with us i'm absolutely with us look look at that but we 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 haven't just been working hard 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 have we we have been playing as well come on do you know what do you know what we did do you remember What? what we did I know. Oh, no, I've broken down in a car since then. <laughs> no, but we'll hear about that in a minute. We went to <laughs> we went to Kendall Calling. Yeah, we My did. My first ever time. Um, so, how many times have you been to Kendall Calling? Eleventy. Eleventy million. Eleven thousand million times, and it's the first Kendall Calling I've ever been to with, with me. the weather. Yeah, yeah, with you, with you. Um, but where the weather was good. Really? Yeah. I mean, it rained in the nights. Yeah. During the day, but, it was yeah. fine. I mean, we had to wear our wellies all weekend. But let me tell you, for Kendall Calling, that is brilliant. It, it was, it was yeah. really nice weather, nice warm. And yeah, I mean, one of us was working and the other one was taking photographs. So it yeah, was... Yeah, and um, I, I managed to get some audio footage of you... Um, of you working as well, you were grafting at the, you at the coal face. <laughs> that's, that's that's a bit worrying that because, uh, ladies and gents, there, there isn't a mine at Kendall Calling, no, but there is a kids' field with a big top. Absolutely, and where there's, where there's a family field and a big top, there's Winters singing the banana song. Oh, yeah, have a little listen. Here he is, here he is, just you know, um. Doing what he does best. So I'm at Kendall Calling in the kids' field. Kids calling, and uh, Mr. Alex Winters is doing his stuff right, in the little big top. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? CBB's legend. He works hard. He works hard. He's he's just working this crowd. They're like putty in his hands. Right. Are you all ready? Everyone's ready. Who are you trying to kid, Alex? Everyone is ready. Go! Come on, all of them! Right. Now back into the 
Oh, the soft play balls are the, the balls from the ball pull are out. It's chaos. It's anarchy. Honestly, utter carnage in the little big top. Oh, mate, look at you working your head off. I don't know what's worse, me, on the fact that you were recording that. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought I would. I just thought, yeah, I've, I've never seen Alex work before. Let me tell you, the, the ball pit game, the banana game, the air guitar, the dance-off... The wig game. What was the the the? Oh, the what's it wig game? What's it wig game? That's a cracker. That's, that's one of my favourites. That. Yeah. And you know what? It's one of the daftest games. And as I've got these two big burly rugby players, as they were, both with shower caps, shaving foam on, and with their kids throwing what's it at them, that is the express moment that Ben, one of the owners and originators of Kendall Calling decides to walk into the tent with his wife and child. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, brilliant. And I'm like... Oh, yep. God. Of all yep. the times... This is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. This... <laughs> Do you know what? We had a lovely time in the family field, and genuinely, we had to laugh with the kids. And I had one of the best moments at a festival I've ever had, because on the one day halfway through all the electrics went down just didn't have a pa nothing so what we ended up doing don't ask how we got there i i made some quip about let's sing a song any any suggestions to which the first response was happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> that's a great response <laughs> so, so we we did sing happy birthday and we found a kid called george whose birthday was the next day so it wasn't that bad yeah but what in what what happened was when it, so since since 2009 since i've been on cbb's um or when i started cbb's i'm no longer on it i've done festivals almost yearly and you know i've been at every shopping center doing daft shows all kinds of things right and this is one of my favorite moments of the past 12 years I saw very early on that the audience, that these kids, there was a lot of enthusiastic kids that were enjoying singing, dancing. So all the power goes down and I'm like, well, let's just have a sing along. We don't know how long this is going to be. It, I, I can see the tech guy, Dan, who was absolutely wonderful looking at me going, this is going to be a while because one of the Jennies has gone down, one of the generators. So me joking, saying let's have a sing along, boom, happy birthday was the first suggestion. But then they all kept coming out with these hilarious suggestions. And I looked out and I was there going, oh, man, this is going to be funny. So I said, right, we're going to have an unplugged. So I unplugged the microphone, held this microphone, said, right, who's coming up on the stage and I'm going to sing a song. And the first kid ran up. I gave him the mic, N not attached to anything, but they loved holding a real mic. Right. And he <laughs> This kid, he was the first kid up. He was called William. I gave him the mic and uh, made everyone, 
you know, give him an applause and cheer for him. Go on, William, go for it. And he just <laughs> holds the mic, puts his hand in the air. Shut through the heart, you're too big, darling. You give up. And he was like eight. Wait. And he sang Bon Jovi. It's, I, I mean, I was dying. It's yeah. one of the best things I've ever seen. The, the, the parents in the tent were loving it. And all he did was just repeat the chorus a few times. That's all that's needed, though. Exactly. Yeah. He left the stage as though he had just conquered the, the pyramid stage of Glastonbury. Did he actually drop the mic? Did he drop the mic in a proper Obama? No, do you know what? He, he, he would have, but I had to catch his flipping mic. It was an expensive right. one. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't going to pay for that. No. And then all of a sudden, that was it. Can I? Can I? We must have been there for 20, 30 minutes, right? Which doesn't sound long time. But, oh, but yeah. you, you, you just sit there asking kids if they want to come up and sing essentially two verses. And it was the best time I've ever had. And I was yeah. about to finish and go, well, I've got to hand over to the next act because we'd already gone over time because I'm letting every, every kid in that field wanted to sing something. Yeah. And, and they go in, Alex, Alex. And there's this girl who's three who sneaked up onto the stage and sort of stood out of earshot and she's the cutest little thing and her hands her fingers are in her mouth and she's really really shy and i said oh sorry sweetheart do you want to sing and she just nodded her head and i was thinking oh this could be tricky i said do you want to hold the mic she nodded her head i gave her the mic and she just went twinkle twinkle little star sang the whole song and the, at the end, literally, the tent went crazy. <laughs> she, she, could, she couldn't tell me a name. She couldn't say, yeah, she just nodded. And then she just whispers out, twinkle, twinkle, and had the biggest smile at the end as she walked back to her mum's. I just needed those kids at Kendall Calling and, and power not to work. <laughs> No. Well, I have to say that we we were actually, I mean, I know you were working, you were working your head off, really, weren't you? Uh -huh. Working your ass off. Um, but we were also, I was photographing. Um, yeah, you were. Yeah, I was. Yeah, but I was Shooting only there. all kinds of fans and yeah, artists. But I was only there Thursday and Friday, so, um, so I, I, I missed out on the Saturday and Sunday. Um, but I did see some amazing stuff. Um, but what were your the, highlights? What were your highlights? Highlights. Uh, well, apart from our guest today, um, Cribs in Tim Peaks was um, so it was a secret surprise performance there. Which and Tim was, Tim Peaks, by the way, is it? Uh, um, oh yeah, it's at a deer park in Kendall Calling. It's a deer park, and Tim Peaks, which is Tim Burgess's little venue, is actually the deer lodge, and so you, you struggle to get a hundred people in there. You know, yeah. it's super intimate. And year after year, they have secret sets that are just amazing. The Libertines mm. have done it. Um, and yeah, it was the Cribs. And you got in. You actually, I had to sort of listen and watch um, through the kitchen window. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, they were letting um, photographers in, so I had my pass. And so I, but I still had to get down in the front. So yeah. that was pretty um pretty mad trying to kind of you know dislocate my limbs so that i could squeeze in and not... you got some good shots though i didn't want to annoy anyone that's the other thing is in those yeah. kinds of 
if where there's no pit, you kind of have to be really. I mean, I some photographers will just sharpen their elbows and get down the front and get the shot and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But if you do that, you kind of once it's done, then you're still there with the people that you've annoyed. And yeah, I, I just it's not me. And there's me. there's also there's no there's no stage in Tim Peak, so no. the bands are set up in the corner, and you're just all on the same level. So it's like a cafe. Yeah. And there's just one one barrier or a couple of barriers at the front. Mm. But you, you got some great shots of them. And oh, and in fairness to them, they they came and played what five five songs maybe and just whacked out five belting singles. The track list is brilliant. Yeah. Um look at Tim Burgess uh Twitter page and you'll find pictures from it. But also I spoke With to Gabe just after, I spoke to Gabe just afterwards. Um, well, you can hear Gabe, it your son. Yeah, it gave my son. Um, well, you can hear it now. This is this this was his reaction. So we're at Tim Peaks Diner, and there's an impromptu performance, secret performance by the Cribs. It's absolutely going off. I've just photographed in there, and it's just crazy. Um, Gabe, Gabe's here with me. What do you reckon to that? How's you enjoy that? It was great. It was very hectic. Bit sweaty, a bit sweaty in there. Yeah, very hot, very. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Crips now? Yeah, they're amazing. I love them. They're great. They're great. A new fan, a new fan. I don't know where Alex is. I think he might be in. He might be in there. I don't know. I think I would need to dislocate several bones in my body in order to get back into that. It is so busy. Anyway, they're Crips. So Cribs have uh, a, a new fan. I love it. I love that. Hmm. And uh, and I um I had a chat to myself and us listening now in the car, and I touch upon how really the the festival changed for me, um, and how it was just great watching my kids just love live music and love the bands they want to see and i think you know for oldies like you and i yeah we still uh go to gigs ourselves and see the bands we want to see but it's so lovely seeing our offspring um enjoy live music and it? it's just brilliant okay so it's saturday night kendall calling headliners the stereophonics we've just had the wombats and the Wombats have come back around again and are huge with teenagers. My 16-year-old is obsessed with them. And uh, what a show. But what uh, is just weird to me now, having watched the Stereophonics uh, from the very, very beginning, and in fact, I saw their very first gig after they were signed, and it was in Cardiff, uh, promoted by John Rostron, who uh, now works with From the Field, who run Kendall Calling. And here in the hearing the stereophonics play uh, a thousand trees it's just uh, immediately nostalgic and i feel like i'm back in uh, the cardiff university great hall or the terminal which was a tiny venue upstairs uh haven't seen them for many years and you know they've gone from a a three-piece with stuart cable uh rest in peace stuart 
to now, you know, a five-piece, six-piece, and um, it's just so, just feels so strange hearing such an old song live, um, and thinking, you know, that soundtrack to my pre-university years, uh, and it just still sounds as as wonderful as ever, and uh, that's just what it's what live music does to you, doesn't it? Immediately takes you to a place. Um, whether it's years ago or maybe just weeks ago or you know w whatever um, and also emotionally it takes you to an emotional place as well and uh, it's just amazing so let's hear it for the stereophonics okay so I'm sat in my car which is parked next to our tent backstage at Kendall Calling um, kids are now back in in the tent it's the early hours and I've just been thinking about this festival Kendall Calling um, and my experience here it has the whole weekend has um, outside of uh, my my commitments to you know the family fields and Tim Peaks um, doing family activities it's musically and and things it's been purely driven by my my kids and do you know what uh, it's been so joyous and i've i've referred to this before that um you know my experience is is different now because it's not purely selfish just me choosing who i want to see and listen to and and it's just a thing of beauty watching watching my children watching and listening to live music and specifically as well with acts that they are desperately wanting to see and it's just the most joyous spiritual feeling and still gives me that same feeling that I've often referred to um, when I go to gigs especially when I was younger uh, a teen and older going to gigs and feeling that spiritual elation and I still get that watching my children enjoy music like I used to and it is just the most amazing thing and for those of you that have children or perhaps take nieces or nephews or cousins uh, to, to live music I hope that you have that experience too it's just it's just the most amazing thing and I did sometimes wonder will I ever get tired of live music I don't know maybe I will as I get older but at the moment it's like just being reinvigorated uh, uh, again for me and I just I'm, I'm so excited about it. Um, what a wonderful uh, weekend it's been. Oh, that's lovely. Love it's, that. it's, you know, it's true. And Glastonbury was, was similar. Now, we've not been with you uh, since Glastonbury. And, and Glastonbury not, was th no. the same. Yeah. I, it, it is possibly my best Glastonbury ever. Was that partly because of Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen and Dave Grohl on the same <laughs> stage. How excited was I, please? Yeah. It was it was so yeah, that was so funny. That was um yeah, Paul McCartney. And I I believe I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, but that was particularly touching. It was um it was me and my daughter and uh Pete, our mutual friend pete who plays drums for paul heaton and jackie abbott oh pete marshall ah lovely pete mandolin he pete. was mandolin pete who hopefully we will have very soon on the podcast definitely 
and there was some of us CBeebies lot as well, all together watching Paul McCartney, but especially for me and my daughter, Grace, um, at my dad's funeral, we, we carried his coffin out at the end of the service to let it be. So oh, when he played that, you know, Grace and I, there were sort of uh, floods and te- floods of tears. And it was just a beautiful moment. And I was able to just say to her, do you know what? Bamper, that's what um, my kids called my dad. Bamper would love that we were watching Paul McCartney live. He'd be over the moon, you know, because, yes, it was nice to have that moment. And, yeah, I, I bawled. You know, I'm still processing losing my dad. But it was just such a nice uh, a, a nice experience for us both um so yeah what a what a lovely time that was but yes very similar to kendall glastonbury for me was um following my kids around what they wanted to see and so i saw a lot of bands that i wouldn't normally have chosen to see and it was brilliant i just had the best time i don't have to go and see my favorite band all the time or what i want i mean that sort of uh, hasn't happened for a while at festivals i let them try and dictate it and and it's just great i have so mm. much fun and it was nice to be it was nice to be with you um me and chris were absolute 90s indie kids uh on the friday night when supergrass headlined oh, yeah. and um, it was great fun and they just they just remind us supergrass of what a truly great band they are yeah and you were saying you were saying that um um, Danny if I, well just just all three of them the fact that this all three oh. are such masters of their instruments you got they Mick, absolutely Mick, are Mick is such a great bassist and then, bass player uh, um, and yeah Danny, Danny yeah Danny is possibly my fantasy band drummer yeah in my fantasy band I think Danny Goffey is very likely going to be my drummer he is incredible. He always was back in the day, and he still is now. And yeah. and Supergrass, people often just think of All Right, which is an, a belting tune, and then that's it. But you hear their set, and from start to finish, every song is brilliant. And they sound, I know they're a, a four-piece now, but they just sound incredible. And yeah. so... I've had um, She's So Loose in my head for the oh, last... brilliant. Well, since they played it. But, yeah, I, I was going to say that also the... The other bands that I saw, um, I missed Alfie Templeman. And I did want to see him, but... I oh, was, he's brilliant. I Just love him. Faff, yeah, I, I was faff. I, I went from pillar to post trying to get my photo accreditation, and it took forever. But your, um, Gabe, your Gabe was with me and yeah, my kids, Gabe, and it was great. We all had a bit of a dance and, and enjoyed Alfie yeah, Templeman. that was good. But um, Red Rum Club... Um, were great, real kind of. Um, so just, good. I've never, I'd never heard them before, but also looking at them, they kind of, they, were, they, they had this kind of eighties vibe going on. There was a bit of Aztec camera about them. Is that yeah, fair yeah, to yeah. say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly with, with, he's got a bit of Roddy Frame about him. Totally. Um, with and you put that sort of uh, South American trumpet that they mm, have. Yeah. Uh, is it Joe the Blow or Joe Blow? Uh, and it, they are just, they're so unique. I don't understand why Red Rum Club aren't better known. I, they should be as big as Blossoms are. Yeah. And there was a kid in front of us on, on the dad's 
um, showed us, and the kid must have been four, five, and there's a tune towards the end of their set where they were like hand signals, you know, using fingers. They were, you know, doing two fingers and then uh, all this kind of, but the kid knew all these different signals that the, the lead singer was, was doing, and I got a couple of photos of, of that. It was it was great, but then after them there was Sundara Karma, um, who Brilliant. just knock out, knock out, and then who was after them? Hacienda Classical. It was Hacienda who finished the night, and that was whoa, that was full. That was incredible. Yeah. Uh, having uh, Mel Williams, is it? Yeah. Um, come and actually sing. There ain't no love and there ain't no use. And you know yeah. what was so funny was my daughter Grace, who was cuted out the whole time by the little old fellow at the back. Yeah. She was on Graham. that Graham Park <laughs> and she just couldn't stop. She's going, look at him, dad, though. He's just having the best time ever. And it was so funny. It was so funny. Yeah. And he was, and I was so chuffed for Graham Park. What, what a great DJ. And, um, and what a great night, you know, Bez came on, MC tunes came on. It was yeah. just, it, it, it was fantastic. And I know there's a lot of those. I mean, there's three or four of those orchestras going around. You've got Pete Tong's, you know, classical orchestra. And, but the, the Hacienda Orchestra in Grain Park, just brilliant. What a great night, eh? What a great night. And then, uh, next day, there was a lot more on the next day, obviously, because it was the Friday. But we had, we had trampoline, didn't we? We had trampoline. Oh, so you're gonna you're gonna link us straight in. I'm you. gonna link us straight in, honestly. Do you know what? Pete Perfides, former guest on the Gig Stories podcast, told me many years ago about this band called Trampoline, these Welsh boys, and he'd been trying to help them out. Mm. And ever since then, on Twitter, I used to bang on about them all the time and saw them live and I just went, Oh my gosh, this band are brilliant. And this lead yeah. singer, Jack Jones, is something else. He's like, I, I mean, I, it was the first time that I'd met Jack and it was like, um, I don't know, you just feel like you've known him forever. He's got Meeting an old friend. A, he's got a beautiful, really beautiful spirit. Um, oh, you really yes. Really open guy and um, just, yeah. Well, you'll hear that in this episode. Now, I must say, uh, so this was live at, Kendall calling. It was outside. Yes. It was outside. It was in the trees. It was in the woods, and we were just and a big and a big thank you to. I'll be honest. I didn't think anyone was going to come. No, we we had a lot of people come in, and I was just over the moon. I was no, so it was surprised. It was great. Um, so um, the sound is. It's it's not the best sound that we've had, but you can tell that we're at a festival. So. Um, yeah. Anyway, have a listen just now to us having a chat with the beautiful soul that is Jack Jones. Good afternoon, Kendall Colin. How are you? My name is Alex, and I am here with my best buddy from Manchester, Chris. Hello. And together, we do the Gig Stories podcast. So I'm just going to give it a plug now. Gig Stories podcast. I thought I was your best mate. I know, and I haven't got to you yet. My best Typical. mate from Manchester. Typical, Typical. 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 man. Come on. 
someone chose the other mouthy Welshman to be our guest today. We are so privileged to have from Wales's greatest band, never mind tomorrow night's headliners, <laughs> forget them. It's yeah. Jack Jones from Trampoline, everyone. Thank you very much for coming out to see me in your droves. <laughs> Do those things move? Do you like all want to come and sit down here? Because he's a very handsome man. Oh no, I don't. I only, I'm only handsome from this distance. <laughs> if you, honestly, because I know what it's like, people feel awkward, that's great. But also, I, um, if you can hear us, that's great. But if you want to come and sit down in the sun. Hello, lovely. Feel, feel free. We've got the hardcore fans here. Yeah. And then, everyone, we've only got half an hour. All of us are going to get up and we're all going to walk to Tim Peaks. Okay? Because then, when we get to Tim Peaks, Jack is going to tune up. And before Jack and Trampoline play, there's a bit of a gap in the slot. Okay? You're I such a tease. You. I know. What a tease. I'm not allowed to say. No. I'm not allowed to say. It's Harry Styles. And then we're all going to rock out to a someone and trampoline and then someone else afterwards we're gonna have a great time so the gig stories podcast uh, w was born out of lockdown surprise surprise chris is a photographer takes lots of um uh, photos and shoots and work at theaters as well as live music i'm just obsessed with live music uh and uh, and we just missed going to live gigs and we started chatting with each other and we turned it into a podcast and people just say, you know, it's like a pub chat. And, and I'm sure all of you here, do all of you remember your very first gig? Hands up if you do. Hands up if you remember your first gig. We're not going to go around you all. But yeah. some people yeah. have like the best first gigs ever. And so it's things like that. You know, real music fan chat. And so we're privileged to have Jack with us today. So we haven't got loads of time. And I, I want to ask you loads of questions. Well... Fire away, my friend. So, born and brought up in Swansea. Swansea boy through and through. Any from Swansea here? Absolutely think so, like. not. Mate, it's so far. It took us eight and a half hours to get here, and we came by spaceship. Travelling <laughs> 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 at light speed. So, very quickly, growing up in your house, what music was were you hearing around the house with your parents and family? Uh, not much actually, it wasn't much of a musical house. My mum had like lots of Bowie records, I remember that, and um, she loved things like Beautiful South. I know, innit? Oh, shout um, out for Beautiful South there, yeah. I like that, I um, like that. You should always shout out Beautiful South, why not? I think, so, I don't know, it wasn't It wasn't till I found kind of music myself, I think, in a funny way. Where, when where? I was like 15, I think. 15. Well, was that just the radio, or was it through mates, or...? Well, no, I, w I, I didn't... I, w I suppose I wasn't doing very well in school. Yeah. In fact, I was expelled from school because <laughs> so, I jumped on my art teacher's car after she tried to get me to draw Van Gogh sunflowers. And, uh, yeah, I took off all my clothes, jumped on her car, and screamed that I wanted to be a woman. And then obviously you got expelled. Well, could you not have just said it's a bit of performance art? Yeah, and it's maybe got a B minus, and then when I look back now, I think it's the greatest gig I ever played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honest. I think right now that that kind of behaviour is encouraged. But what happened was, is I was obviously um, my parents separated when I was younger, and um, 
my father and I kind of a disjointed relationship at this time in our lives. And one Christmas, uh, there was a present for my dad, and it was kind of like an oddly shaped triangle, like a weird flat penguin type thing. And um, and there was a little note on it. It said, "I heard school isn't going so well. Maybe it's time to take an alternative career." And I opened it, and it was a guitar. And oh. I think that um, my friend, who was like much cooler than me, had a guitar as well, and he was kind of getting lots of like cool action with the ladies. So I was like, oh shit, I need to get really good on the guitar as well. So, <laughs> yeah. but, but also I think it has something to do with um, my father and trying to kind of connect with him in some sort of way. Well, that was pretty monumental then. That was quite a, yeah. quite a gesture there. And then, I, yeah. And was that then immediate? You went right and doing this? I so. started playing, and it's funny, as soon as I started playing, I started writing songs straight away. Really? Instantly, like completely pro-less. Do you remember um, the name of your first song that you wrote? Uh, Come on, you do. Yes, I do. I think it was, it was called Love Is. Oh. And it was like, love is a two-way thing. Love is the life you bring. Love is committed relationships. Love is embarrassing for me. For right. me. I even remember it. Uh, let me just write it out. Yeah, he paused when he said you remember the name, and then he just sings it all. I guess I like that. And you'll be able to hear yeah. that song live in an hour's time in Tim Peaks. Join us. I'll have to let the boys know. <laughs> so, so what was your, what would you say was your first experience of live music? Chris and I, just coincidentally, we have sort of similar upbringings. We were both brought up learning instruments in school. I played the violin. He plays saxophone and everything. Oh, that was a bit dismissive, wasn't it? Come Sax- on, saxophone. saxophone. Wow. Yeah, because that's really hard. And yeah. I, I, I was shite for years. Can on you a, play Careless Whisper? On the violin. <laughs> yeah. Play Careless Whisper. Good lad. Yeah. I wish we had a saxophone right now. He's, he's talented. Basically, this one's the talented musician. And I rubbish. You're going to start a band? Yeah. You, well, we have said we'd like to, yeah. Yeah, because he's had the Geek Story band, the Geek Story podcast. Exactly. To be honest, it's the boys. The boys. So Gabe's my, my boy. He's Hello, Gabe. He's the guitar. He plays guitar and, and my son plays drums. We just need a lead singer. Well, Come on, Jack Jones. I'm absolutely here. So we, we would go to classical concerts and orchestral concerts with our parents and opera and stuff like that. And I know not everyone, you know, had that. And being in Cardiff, we, my mum would, would buy, like, the cheap seats up in the top of St. David's Hall. And uh, for a couple of quid, we'd be up in the gods, you know, watching oh, wow. the BBC Philharmonic or Welsh National Opera, whatever. But, what would you say was your first sort of live music experience then? Well, I think around that time, about 14, 15, 16, I started to, when I started to get into guitars, I started to go to gigs. And they were the first, um, first time I even realised there was such a thing as live music. Yeah. I'd just been very, like, pop-oriented in my life. And, um, so the first gig I went to was by a band called Adam Went Home. And they were a big punk band in Swansea. <laughs> and then like there was like me and like, you know, a hundred other kids with like with our feet on the ceiling, like dripping in each other's we were having beer bongs, you know those beer bongs, you remember them? And we were all being sick in each other's socks. Nice. And um, nice. That's just normal Swansea life. Yeah, that's that was a Tuesday night as well. <laughs> yeah, so so I remember that and that, so there's a big kind of like subculture of um kind of music that wasn't that, you know, wasn't in the charts or anything, but it was 
stuff we all love, stuff we all went. And Swansea, Swansea, you know, has a lot of opportunities for live music. And so you, did you never, did anyone out there, it's one of their first gigs, the Radio 1 Roadshow. I'm showing my age here. I saw the Manic Street Preachers at Barry Island on the Radio 1 Roadshow. You are kidding. No, alongside Apache Indians. Whoa. Really? That's how, that's how old I am. I'm saying that, no offence to some of you out there, but you're definitely at least my age. <laughs> and I know. Rude. I know that you are at a Radio 1 Roadshow somewhere. So, what would you say was your first, was your first sort of gig that you were like, I really want to see this band because you have that cultural all our mates go and see this punk band or whatever town mm. but when when what was the first gig where you went oh yeah I'll tell you one thing that I always remember like one way I was different to my friends in music because I was obsessed with Leonard Cohen okay from like a very young age and um wow because normally that doesn't kick in until you're at least yeah. 45 yeah, yeah exactly exactly. Yeah. exactly and i don't even know if my mum knows this but i told my mum i was staying with my mates for the weekend and he was playing i knew he was playing in london and so you know i took a car and drove to london i went to see him in the o2 arena and then drove back that's the most punk thing I've ever yeah. heard in my life. And what? she doesn't know, so who's listening? She's going to have a punk shop. I'm just going to phone her now. Yeah. Hey, that's a mum joke. Yeah, so it was a good one. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah, sold that, that, that blew my mind. I think I was about 16, actually. Wow. Yeah. And how was he? Because I, I saw him about 20 years ago. And you, yeah, I mean, you could hear the songs, but it was quite a difficult yeah. listen. It was quite, yeah. You yeah, have to be I, in the mood, really. Yeah, I think so. I think I was just so deeply obsessed with them at the time. I, I was just, just on, you know, Ken Hooks or something he said. Yeah. Do you know what? That blew my mind, yeah. What, what's, what's highlighted to me is that we speak to many wonderful guests, and so often they have wonderful, cool stories. Yeah. I saw Michael Jackson in the Arms Park in Cardiff. That, no was, that was my first gig. No way. Anyone else see Michael Jackson as their first gig? Mine was Eric Clapton. Yeah. No way. Yeah, SECC 1991. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, quite... Oh yeah, when were you born, Jack? Like, the next year, 92. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a time machine, I could have... Oh my God. Now, to you, this is, a, this is an easy answerable one, but me and him, we found out, our geeks, right? So, through the 90s and into the noughties, we went to all kinds of gigs, but we, we both realised by accident, we kept our tickets. Anyone else keep their tickets out there? Yes. Yeah. And we've got scrapbooks, right? Uh, and, and one of us has got a spreadsheet. Of yeah, all ways. Yeah. Oh this is the way. levels we're talking about. Excel spreadsheet. Excel oh, spreadsheet. Lockdown. Lockdown spreadsheet. Yeah, We've all got a lockdown spreadsheet, haven't we? I'd love to be one of those people. Honestly, it, <laughs> I, I mean, I've talked about this on the pod before. It takes so little time, and it's such a, a musical journey in your head as you just go. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah, and some people do it with books. Yeah. And like keep their favourite quotes in there. And stuff yeah, but with the, with the gigs, what oh, you can do, yeah. if you're like me, is you put them in categories so you can have. You can um, look for them by city or venue or date or year. You can see what was happening in September's throughout the decades. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's great. So, it's really so great. Sorry about 
I don't recommend making a spreadsheet of all your gigs. But we have, we have, we have a lot of musicians. Like we interviewed Martin Carr from Boo Radley's, oh, wow. and he's now a Cardiff boy. And uh, he said he collected all his laminates from over the years, yeah. and he had some absolute belters when they were supporting like Sugar and the Pixies in America, just amazing laminates. Have you, have you sort of collected any uh, any memorabilia, music memorabilia, anything like that, or is that I, just? I think I lost it all in a in a three year spell where I lost almost everything. But there was some really um, in uh, in our kind of headquarters, which is where uh, uh, Gary and Jane live. They, their fridge has got like all you know, or they kept all the all the kind of backstage passes from yeah. trampoline. Yeah, so, so so it's really sweet. So you can see like Craigie, we did support Liam Gallagher didn't dream that or Craigie we did do that show and Villaverty or whatever you know so those things you can kind of get a little history of like even the Swansea Arena and so it's like uh, wow. In fact there was a, there was a, a, a chat earlier on with um, some promoters just before us here and uh, John Rostrum who's a, a promoter extraordinaire um, mentioned you playing the national anthem at Cardiff Arena when you were supporting Liam oh, really? Gallagher. Did you that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took That's... his nephew, and that was the highlight of the gig. Not Liam Gallagher. <laughs> really? Jack Jones That's played the highlight of my life too. I think. I, 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 I cry. Let's do that. You can hear that as well. Tim Peaks in about now. Welsh National Anthem. Yeah. We're going to crash on with them. Um, we've got we, in every podcast episode we do a quick fire round because we've got such a kind of short short period of time to speak to you, Jack. We're just going to go into the, the quick fire. Um, and yeah, first favorite ever gig, and this can be as a punter or as performer or both. My favorite ever gig as oh, Craig, here we go. Well, I just said Swansea Arena when trampoline headline Swansea Arena. That's probably my Sorry. favorite one personally. Yeah. Um, watching my favorite watching gig. Ooh, I don't know. I saw Liam at Nedworth recently, and I loved that. Yeah. Because my girlfriend doesn't never heard any of the weeks of songs. That was quite sweet. Um, his, voice, his voice is sounding great. Yeah, he did. It's just fun. Yeah. Fun. Oh, hang on. You found someone in the world that's yeah. never heard Oasis songs. Yeah. It's quite a lot of them, mate. Did you play a Wonderwall and tell her it was yours? No, I tried Slide Away. <laughs> in fact, me and Wayne used to do that when we first started the band because his dad thought we were just so crap, which was true, by the way. But um, <laughs> we took like a Red Up Chili Peppers album and. I think Nirvana album, we like made like a greatest hits and we played it to him and said, this is our new demo. Our <laughs> <laughs> demo had Californication, smells like Teen Spirit, um, like a rate, uh, uh, fade out street spirit, but it was, like, it was like the best album ever and he thought, wow, you boys might make it. <laughs> and then we went and recorded our demo and it sounded awful. In fact, it sounded so bad when I recorded my first demo of Trampoline. But my mother went round to Wayne's mother's house and apologised for, for the sound of my voice. She said, I'm so sorry, you will get a singer. And we tried for years to get a singer. Honestly, years You will years. get a singer? Yeah, she said, you will get a singer. So years and years. There's a guy, he's an actor now, I think called Kenneth Flynn. I think he's been in some, he was in EastEnders. You're brilliant. He came, he came and did a few kicks with us and I did a classic thing. He said, I said, I wrote this song and it was, uh, what was it? I think there's another Red Up Chili Pepper song, Scar Tissue. He said, well, that's a good song, Jack. I said, hey, no, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. You're a Richard Curtis film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that either. <laughs> what's, your, 
What's your worst ever gig? And and worst is open to interpretation. Well, we were talking about this earlier, and the worst one we can remember is uh, we played in a place called the Jailhouse in Coventry that isn't exist doesn't exist anymore. Okay. On the way to anyone know that Jailhouse in Coventry? Say what you want, Jack. Say what no, you want. That's good. Knock yourself out. You don't want to know. But on the way to the gig, we were mugged. So this guy, the three of us, you know, absolute kings of poverty at the time. We were walking to the gig and um, this kid came up to us and had a knife and he said, give us, give us your, give us your money. And we're like, well, we haven't got any money. He said, oh, give us your phone. Well, we didn't have any phones. I had this Tesco phone, like with a torch on the end of it. And I, and I took it out of my pocket and I said, you can have that if you want. He said, bloody hell, you broke the door anyway. And just walked off. <laughs> so we were mugged on the way to the gig. And then we played the gig, right? No one turned up apart from a tramp and his dog. And the, they didn't like it very much, you know, because the dog was growling after two. Somehow there was a guy on the door with a float, you know, who was supposed to give us like our petrol money. And then uh, as we got off stage, he did a runner with his, uh, I don't know, with his missus, I think. Or could have been anyone, to be honest. And then, um, and then we just, <laughs> we have to just find our own way back from Coventry. Oh mate, this is bleak. That was great though, I Coventry it. as well. What you call like Batman bond, bonding, bondage, bonding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to say that slowly and carefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm trying not to swear. I'm trying my best. I don't know if I need to know Yeah. I mean, I, I really, good, I was unsworn yet, am I? No, it doesn't matter if you do. Oh, great. Well, he I'm said, hey. said the S-bomb before. Oh, my God. Oh. Living the dream. He's cool, isn't he? Super cool. Look at him. He's handsome, isn't he? Yeah. Look at him. I Sorry, Mr. Guy. I love you more. I love you three and four. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you've, you know, you, you have your, your solo gigs, trampoline gigs. Yeah. You, uh, you play with Pete Doherty and bloody national anthems with Liam Gallagher. What's your most unusual gig? My most unusual gig? I think, uh, I think probably when I, I know after the horrible, uh, the Bataclan disaster, um, devastation peak that was asked to reopen the uh, venue, like, how many years later, I mean, and, um, that was, a. such a surreal experience. That was yeah. a surreal experience because I think um, everyone was terrified when they went on stage. Someone was going to happen again. Everyone was yeah. And before we, I was wearing this shirt, on uh, before we went on, I was like, I wasn't sure about my shirt. And uh, Peter just uh, said, "Come here." He ripped my shirt off and then started writing the names of the victims on my chest in this marker. So I walked out on stage to the French national anthem with all the people's names on my chest and. I was crying, everyone in the crowd was crying and it was, that was probably uh, one of the most kind of emotional experiences I think I've, I've had for that And how did you guys get through that gig? I mean, because that must have been from start to finish, yeah. really full on. No, it was, it was, it was, it was one of those things because the French audience is very different to English. They don't jump around going, way, yeah. here we go. It was, it's, it was very kind of like passive and, but it was, we, we got through it anyway, and it seemed like it was yeah. a night to celebrate, you know. Music yeah, again, you know? and I suppose it's not the kind of thing that you can, you could ever prepare for, because that's yeah. su- in such that, a... That was the first time I smoked a cigarette, back, or I got back on the cigarettes before that gig. 
I was yeah. like, I don't know how to sing that, yeah. This is too much. Was that one night? It was two nights. It was two nights, yeah. yeah. So what was it like? Yeah, I think I read that. So you, yeah. what was the second night then? The second night was it, it kind of like cut, it was the, you know, the, the suspense had been cut a bit. Yeah. So it was a bit better. And then the second night, Pete got some poet to go on stage, I think, or some 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 girl, and um, she's in like an actress, I think, and uh, she's like, I'll go on and say a poem and do a minute silence, and she said her poem and then did the silence, and then but she only counted to like ten, <laughs> so everyone was like, okay, so what happens now? So it was like an awkward moment where like. The minute silence didn't happen. Yeah. Who's going to be the one to break? Yeah. yeah. Break the I think she didn't really know what was going on. To be honest, she was off the cake. But um. But then anyway, we just came on and just like, okay, that's done. Let's begin the show. So that was that was that. That's part. the best. That's the best way to do. It. What a beautiful answer that is. And for any trampoline fans out there, you'll know that that's quite an answer because for a while, and I was this close, and it was work that stopped me. Trampoline and the boys were playing gigs in fans houses yes and that, that was like was that 2018 or yeah something, maybe and i was this close and it was work i was and i said to my wife how would you feel if we had trampoline come play a gig in the house and she just went what love out of all the bizarre things you've ever said to me you know along with can mr tumble come and stay the night and she was like that's an in joke for those you know you know i get that one too and um, <laughs> and she just went, yeah. Can we just hide the telly though? <laughs> I, was, I, I didn't really ask why. I was like, yeah, if you want, yeah, yeah, no problem. But no, work took me away, and that never happened. But in fact, I do just want to mention that. Oh, oh what? Who, who went? Hey, I tell you what. Let's go and play some gigs in fans' houses. We had the idea. I think we were just getting fed up with the whole political nature of fucking gigs and and all that and the idea came from there's a young lad who came to see us in Cardiff um Stefan Ward I remember his name and his whole family came down and he couldn't get into the gig because he was like 16 and it was an 18 plus thing oh yes that's right so we all thought all oh, right screw this let's just go to his house and play a gig for him so we all went to his house the whole of Ronda Valley <laughs> just appeared at this guy's garage and we just had a right tear up. I broke my nose on the garage door and he was like, I gave him my guitar, he was playing all the songs and then that kind of just from there it kind of just sprawled into this kind of tour. So we'd like sit up in people's houses and it'd be like, uh, yeah, instead of like, let's get the amps ready, they thought, let's move the sofas. <laughs> uh, and the one, one house had like a pet, you know, a family of pet rats. They were, they were like, you know, just hanging about the place, like a, like a, a dog would, there was just rats. And I was like, wow, that's brave, like trained house rats. And you just had to put some tiny little yeah. earmuffs <laughs> on the rats, <laughs> just because their ears are quite yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we just did that, and I don't know, it felt like a little moment for us, really, because everyone could see that we were a band that actually cared about the people we play for. And you know what, I think that was genuine for any of you that were aware of that and saw it on social media as it happened. I just thought, this is brilliant. This is the best thing ever. Because <laughs> so often, you know, bands can just blow up and they're playing big venues or, or you don't, you have to travel and see them or you don't. And for a band just to turn around and say to the fans, right, who's next? We're coming to Manchester. Who's, who's going to let us in 
for their house to play. <laughs> There's a lot of swinging from the chandeliers. Although I don't There's know no chandeliers in my house. I don't know if it was a chandelier really. I don't know how you describe it, but luckily it somehow stayed on the wall. But yeah. anyway, so it, was, uh, it was a funny old time that actually. And I'm glad you reminded me of it. I totally forgot. No, it was it was it was great. It was great. And and the gig very soon in Tim Peaks will be very similar. Okay. So yes, all, so imagine there will be a lot. Although I can't. We'll all get up. We go no, to two peaks. There's not a lot less drunk Welshmen here today, though. Yeah. We well, might. We might be alright. There's one of us. Yeah, that's true. Now we we are. I can't believe we're running short of time. We're hurt all. Take your time. It's alright. No one that. No one cares. No, no one cares. They will. <laughs> oh, Mr. Paul. Oh, hello, lovely. Oh, wow. Look at the dream. Now, where's the Mr. Brody costume? Oh, is it home? Yeah, oh that's good. Oh, no, you know, I, I enjoyed it last time. Good time, sir. He just does his chit and chat. I like sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. I like it. We played you in the house like party it. tent, I think, a few years ago. And yeah, that's right. And my mate Paul was in the um, was in a Mr. Blobby outfit, and I think I was tr- I was. You were the Mr. Off- Blobby. Yeah, I remember that kid. Yeah, and I was like, I think a bit out, out of my mind, and uh, I was like, wow, Mr. Blobby's at our gig. We've made it. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. They're, those pictures are still online. Yeah, I know. I bet there's some good ones. You, <laughs> you should trace them down. So, as a, as a uh, moving on, as a fan of, uh, I like this one, as a fan of live music, mm. who's the one, I think all of us who are big music or live music fans, we have lots of lists who I've seen or... Or who's, spreadsheets. Or sp- spreadsheets. Absolute spreadsheets. For those of you who missed that, he has. He's got a spreadsheet. Goes back to the 90s. Everyone's the getting in now, isn't it? It's warming yeah. up. What? Who is that one artist that you still really wanna, that you really wanna see live that you haven't? Um, are we talking dead or alive? No, both. So first, alive. So it's still possible. So for me, it's ACDC. Well, wow. I've tried many times to see ACDC, mm. and I haven't because I just never got tickets or didn't have the money. And then for the ones that I. For you know who I couldn't see, they're no longer with us. Mm. Jeff Buckley. Oh well, that would be a good. One. And 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 that story mm. comes with. I chose to go and see Radiohead. Mm. I had my ticket for Jeff Buckley, and I it clashed with Radiohead, and I think it was the Benz tour. I think that was the tour. Tour. And I went and said, "Oh, I'll see Jeff Buckley. I'll pick him up next time." Mm. So gutted. So who? Who that you could see? Who do you still want to see live? Um, I'd probably love to see Bob Dylan actually, because I got a chance to see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone who sees him says he's either awful or amazing. So right. So I hope, I hope to go and see an awful one. Every second episode of this podcast, Bob Dylan comes up, Does he? and more often than not, it's oh, that was a stinker. Right. I'm yeah, sh- that was a shocker. And Cardiff, Cardiff Arena. Right? It's one of the worst gigs I've ever seen. Bob Dylan, Cardiff <laughs> Arena. This is the stage, so the band are there. The band walk on stage. Now I was working in the box office and we had complaints about this, right? <laughs> Bob Dylan had walked on, sort of amongst the band, couldn't see him, sat upstage in the corner, side on, with a piano behind an app. Everyone's still waiting for him to come on because the bands are there ready. They start playing. Bob, <laughs> you can hear Bob Dylan going, man, 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 man. and going, what? He did a two-hour set like that. And everyone's going, 
Where is he? Yeah. And he did his usual singing words to different tunes. Yeah. Computer never. Well, I have never seen. We uh, shut the we shut the box on this because people were coming asking for money back, and when they were, so you paid to see Bob Dylan. Well, I saw him. I saw him at the arena, the arena in Manchester, the MEN, and um, the only song that I recognised, and even then it was because he introduced it, was Lay Lady Lay, and um, but it was just nee, nee. <laughs> so funny. Nee, nee. Oh my Has God! Has anyone seen Dylan here? Has anyone seen a good Dylan gig? Okay. You've seen good Dylan. And right. has anyone seen, also then, bad Dylan? It's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, good Dylan, bad Dylan. And you have no clue. 96 High Park. 96 High Park. I wasn't born bad Dylan. Have you seen bad Dylan? I've never seen bad You're the one. Bad Dylan. Right. And they've seen bad Dylan. He's earned the right, honey. He's earned the right. He's earned the right. I actually think that that gig sounds yeah. brilliant. Like, he sounds yeah. like a... He just sounds so funny to me. As what? a musician, I can just... You know, I could imagine like Peter doing something similar to that, or just you know, just just absolutely, and then just get walking off and laughing his head off. Yeah. I mean, like pure comedy, isn't it? But yeah, but he's not charging seventy-five quid for a ticket. So, who who would you have loved to have seen that you can't because they're no longer with us? Uh, ooh, ooh, uh, maybe maybe Nirvana. Yeah. I I can see a sticking block. Uh, yeah, I have my ticket. Did anyone have a ticket for that tour? Because it, bless him, if he'd have held off for fifteen days, and you can check that, yeah. I'd, I'd have seen him in Cardiff. No way. They were playing so the ice well, rink, and then he got moved from the ice rink to the arena. And it was fifteen days, oh but it cost fifteen pound fifty, and I was working in Deadman's restaurant in Cardiff, and I got my money back. So people were like, oh, "Did you keep the ticket?" And I was like, "No way." No way, because I was a teenager. I was like, 15 pounds 50? That's another big gig. Or two small gigs. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, Nirvana. Did anyone see Nirvana? What about The Clash? I, I love seeing Joe Strummer well, and Brian. Oh, oh, did you? Who, to who? Did you see The Clash? You Nirvana. saw Nirvana? Where did you see them? Oh, Beanie. 92. Oh, man. Right. That's something special. Yeah. Love you. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, there's a million, isn't it? Joe Strummer. I saw at Glastonbury when he decided to play Clash songs, which was probably the last couple of years mm. of his life, because he, he never, when, he, when it was him and the Mescaleros, he, he just played his own stuff. Yeah. And then I was really lucky that he played, it might have even been his last Glastonbury, and he played some Clash stuff, and I thought, that's as close as I'm going to get. Yeah, oh, yeah. That would have been amazing to see that yeah. too. Um, who should we go and see? Who? Um, might we not have heard of, or who needs to get a bit of a bump? Ooh, Apart from Trampoline at Tim Peaks next, <laughs> where we're all going to get up. I'm yeah, sure you'll yeah. all be there. Okay. We'll in your droves, unfortunately. Yeah, who do you love live? The um, recommendation that we need to all yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, my good mate El Ray. We'll go and watch El Ray. He's a Northern Irish lad based in Manchester who writes really fun, catchy songs about going out and getting absolutely off his nut. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know. There's a few manclots here that I know who know their yeah. stuff. El Ray? Right. We need to find... Okay. All right. We're, We're on it. All right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, that's about it, really. I can't think of any of those. No, that's fine. Um, I mean, basically, we are... We're going to have to go to our last question, I think. Yeah, we always ask our guests the same last question, which is a live recommendation. And it started as a live album recommendation, oh, cool. but then it turned into 
just a live recommendation because I think it might have been Chris Hawkins, Six Music, who said, oh, well, I've got a, a famous YouTube. And I, we must have all seen this because it is one of the greatest bits of just live footage. It's um, Prince walking on to play with Jeff Lynn, George Harrison's son, Tom Petty, on Tom, Tom Petty, Petty. Yeah. and they're all there playing while my guitar gently weeps. Prince wanders on with guitar, noodles the hell out of it Destroys in a hilarious fashion. Yeah. But if you watch the one version that is the one that we've all seen, does it all, it's just blowing away, and all the old men are just stood with their acoustic guitars going, this guy's on a different planet. Hmm. And then he just throws his guitar in the air and it disappears. Just vanishes. Because... I caught it! <laughs> <laughs> Give it back. And I searched everywhere on the internet, right, because it was being filmed live. Hmm. But what we couldn't see is, as it was televised, is literally, just from the side, a roadie just grabbed the top of it like that. It is the best bit of footage because he just goes, Wow. And walks off. <laughs> and the guitar doesn't come back down. And it is just brilliant. And Chris Hawkins recommended that. I, I had a moment like that once. Not quite as epic. I didn't, have Jeff, I didn't have Jeff Lynn or George <laughs> Harrison there. I had Wayne Thomas and Kyle Williams. But um, I managed to balance my guitar on its head. On the head? Yeah, no, on, the, on its own. So what didn't have a stand, it didn't have anything. I just like put it down. Oh, the guitar! And it was just staying in the same spot by like some sort of magic gravity and I was going like that and then everyone in the crowd was doing this and it just, just stayed there and everyone was like, what the hell? Was it like a full moon or something? I don't know, it was just the weirdest thing ever. Wow. Like, we're all just mesmerised by it, just standing up on its own and it's like, what the wow. hell? Wow. Um, so what's your recommendation then? What should we check out on YouTube or a live, you know, a live track on an album or a live album itself? Oh, well, I, a live album. Oh, I don't know. I suppose... I don't know if anyone's into a bit of Pink Floyd, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, but, but uh, just comfortably numb, comfortably numb live to me on that Pulse record, is it? Um, just it does blow me away. Yeah. But um, recommendation. I like that. that. No, you like that. One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having that. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of Floyd. I mean, he's just this. I mean, guitar solos and all that aren't really kind of in anymore, are they? But unfortunately for me. I mean, who, it's all about who, the sad I mean, solos now. Everyone wonders why our first album didn't sell a million you know, <laughs> copies. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, but, um, yeah, so I'd go for that as a moment, uh, or as a live album, for sure. I like that. We'll listen bit to that. Like, that. Just the solo, you can sit the beginning part of the song. Just yeah. Listen to the epic eight-minute guitar solo if you got got a spare. In history, it's like the Welsh have tried you know, with James Dean Bradfield, or going back with Badfinger, it's like... I'm not sure what year it was. Oh, he was at that game! He's joking. Oh. Yes, he was at that game! No way! See, I knew it, I could feel the senses. That's the best thing that's happened, isn't it? I could feel this is senses. what the Gig Story podcast does. It brings people together! Bring people together! It's such a great idea, yeah. I'm just trying to think if I've got any more gig stories. Actual gig Go stories. Go on. Do you know? Right. I'm looking at Jane here. I'm looking at Jane here. We've got a few minutes. What, what, what okay. Got you've got mean? a few minutes. You, you've, you know, you've had some. So we're not asking you the question. You're just going to offer up an anecdote for us, and then 
we're all going to cheer, say thank you, and we're all going to get up. And we're going to go to Tim Peace and rock out. We are, apparently. Yeah. But I actually can't remember any now. <laughs> there we go. Ladies and gentlemen. I, um, I know, I just got too many and then they all, they kind of flooded. What's your, like, what's what's your, what's, which one are you going to tell your grandkids or that's going to be in your autobiography? Uh, probably, probably just, probably just playing um, the local kind of bunkhouse in Swansea. Just selling out the local local place in Swansea, that's the biggest Your first sellout yeah. must be just, no matter how big the yeah, capacity, it must be amazing. Yeah, because I, I thought at that moment in my life that it was, I was done. Yeah. <laughs> I could just, that, that was it, that's all I wanted. Well, I didn't even want that, but and then I had that. And it was the same day, actually, that that happened, that I got asked to be Peter's guitarist. Because, um... We went out after the gig and we were And that's Pete Doherty, by the way. For those of you who don't know, Jack plays with Pete Doherty as well. Is it Puta Madre? How do you pronounce it? I say the Puta Madres. Puta Madres. But, um, yeah, the, uh, we played this show and went out and it was a bit of a heavy night. And then he woke up at like two missed calls from his manager. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I called him back and he said, Jack, how are you? And he said, oh, I'm good, thanks, good. He said, well, Pete wants you to be his new guitarist. Pack some pants and socks in a bag, so I booked you on a flight to Buenos Aires at 7 o'clock. And they gave me a list of 23 songs there to learn on the plane. To Argentina? Yeah, I, I learned them, and I got to the gig, and he says, yeah, we're not playing any of those songs. <laughs> and, then, and, and he said, the trick, oh shit, sorry man, I just come to your water. Don't worry. The, um, the trick to... Uh, the trick is, the first trick in rock and roll he taught me is like, oh, if you don't know how to play the song, jump in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking that, that all very well, because after the first song, he looked at me and I looked at him and I was like, we both didn't know it. <laughs> so we both in the crowd. So like, you spent an hour just, just surfing around the crowd trying to figure out what was going on. Do you know what? Being the coolest rock and roller does not mean you have to play your instruments. Exactly. The, the best compliment I could ever pay you is that, you know, you could look as good as Richie Edwards from the Menex, oh, really? who, who half the time was never even plugged in. <laughs> and, and they were some of my greatest gigs. Oh, yeah, well. So, I'm all right with that. I yeah, think I'll, take, I'll take that every day. And Absolutely. this is random, but only because I've just seen him a couple of times in the past, in the past hour of month, many months, but it, if you haven't seen the Libertines of late, they are on fire. And it is so nice seeing Pete how he is now, yeah. and they still sound, well, they sound better. They are so, so good, and it just, it fills me with joy. And I, yeah. my daughter, my daughter's mind meant, he looks really good, doesn't he? And I said, yeah, yeah, he really does, and it's just so happy. So if you haven't seen Pete and the Libertines, honestly, get and see them. I don't, I, I don't think they've been better, but I'm sure there's people out there who saw them in the early days and all disagree. In the living room. Yeah, in the living yeah. room. Yeah, li sure. in the living room. Yeah, yeah they, they did. Right, we've got to bring this to an end. We could chat all day. Let's have a huge round of applause. Mr. Jack Jones. Mr. Jack Jones. It's kind of all weird to see me just stumbled here, I'm sure. And if you haven't listened to us before, a Gig Stories podcast, if you follow us on Twitter, at Gig Stories Pod, we're the same on Instagram, and you can go to gigstoriespodcast.com for more of the same. There's about 38 episodes. This will be our 39th. And it'll be out probably next week. Oh, well. Look at all of them. That's not even all of them. Look at all those bad boys. Yeah. So we're just going to put our stuff down and we're going to get up.
Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I know it's thank you, Jack. Thank you. See you in a bit. Jack Jones, what a beautiful man. And I've been wanting him to come on the podcast for ages. So as soon as the, the wonderful people at Kendall call and said, yeah, come do a, a live episode with us. I was like, trampolina playing at last we can get Jack. And, and it was great then to encourage everyone to get up with us, go to Tim Peake's diner and watch trampoline. They were Just amazing. Tear the place up. They, and they had some, they had some issues at the start, um, sound issues. And um, obviously Jack is not just guitarist and singer. He's a poet. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And so he did some, some of his work before the, the band got up and running. And it was just knockout. It was just knockout. Loved it. it. It was so good. And so, again, thank you, Jack Jones. Thank um, you, Jack Jones. You're, you're a beautiful man. If you can catch Trampoline at all, please go and see Trampoline. Also, Jack plays with Pete Doherty um, when he does his solo stuff. Um, and uh, follow them on social media and, and get listening to their albums and their music on, on Spotify. And if you happen to be there and you're listening, thanks for coming along and listening. Speaking of which, thank you lot listening right now for your support over the past year or so we really do appreciate it and um we will be back with more regular interviews very very soon um and we might even come back with new haircuts oh you never uh, know a new tan perhaps there's a a limit to what you can do with yours though isn't there really well yeah, just I'll just be back with an even redder forehead. That's, yeah, exactly. That's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> but you can you can find us on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Gig Stories Pod. And uh we, we've got some really exciting guests coming up. So oh, we've got some bells. You all want to tune in. And also I'll um I, I've put up some images from Kendall Calling that I've I've photographed right there. Um, of trampoline and the cribs and supergrass and various various other bands that I caught. There. Tom Grennan. Tom Grennan. Yeah. Yeah, okay. you got him. You got some great shots. Ray David. Ray David. Who Here we go. Was just joyous. I oh, loved him. Joyful. Absolutely loved him. Yeah, absolutely. So get and have a look. Get and have a look at Chris's photographs. And, and if you if this is your first episode, go and listen to some others because we've got about thirty eight others. So. Crack exactly. On. Anyway, knock yourself out. We'll see you next time. See you. Bye.